Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. The Demons coach, Simon Goodwin, just off the plane from Sydney. Simon, great to have you on Crunch Time. Yeah, afternoon, guys. Afternoon, Jared. Well, Good you, to be on. Yeah, well, you've been flying. We've been chatting. Take us to half time, if you would, and how you approached <laughs> it. How much of it was strategic methodology? How much of it was maybe a little bit of fire and brimstone? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question because, you know, we walk in at halftime as a group of coaches and, um, you know, we sit there and look at the game and there's not one area of the game that you're looking at that's going well for us. And um, when we broke it down, it was really about trying to change the players' mindset, make a couple of little structural changes, but really just hone in on getting the game in our half of the ground. And um, that was the key message. And, you know, put the heat on a few of our leaders to really step up in that space. And I thought they responded enormously well. And once you get a bit of momentum early in that third quarter, it's uh, sort of built the belief and, and we're back in the game. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really good chat at halftime with the coaches because there wasn't a lot going right for us in the first half. To get a jolt sometimes requires a shock tactic. Did you go to it? Did you go to the old spray? Oh, no, we, we've sort of got a lot of belief, Jared. You know, I think you know we put some heat on our leaders, um, first and foremost, around their response, especially through the middle of the ground. We needed to start to get more supply and start to win some contests behind the ball and just get a little bit more brave in the way we are playing. So... Um, certainly put the heat in that area, but uh, no, there was no spray yesterday. It was all about how we're going to actually work our way back into the game because the boys have been able to reset themselves so well throughout the year. It was uh, a matter of them just taking back to that place that they know. Goody, it was a brilliant win by the end of the night. What about going into the game? Did you sense anything in the rooms before the game to say, oh, I don't know if we're on tonight? Did you think that you were going to come out that slow out of the blocks? Uh, not at all, Dad. We knew we were playing a really quality opposition and we knew there were some key areas of the game that we needed to get right. And you know, they're, in, they're a really good surge from stoppage team. Um, when they get the ball in their half of the ground, they win a lot of contests and that's where they've been so dominant in the last seven weeks. And, um, you know, in that first half, they were winning a lot of contests ahead of the footy. Um, you know, their forwards were marking the ball and if they weren't, they were, you know, mopping it up at ground level. So um, that was their strength heading into the game and that was on show. So it was a matter of how we could turn that around in the second half. Goody Leper here. Well done, mate. Good win. Um, you know, just after halftime, obviously, the, and it was spoken about after the game, you put a lot more speed on the ball and broke a line. Did, did you think if you were able to break that front line of the lines and drive through, you'll get opportunities at the back? They don't sort of play that goalkeeper-type defender like a lot of other teams. Do so you think that's where your opportunities were? Yeah, look, we did. We thought early in the game we were pretty boring with the ball, Leper, from the back half. We should have were certainly a lot along down the line, a lot of control. Um, and sort of wasn't really playing the game that we really wanted to. And, um, you know, we got some better turnovers early in that third quarter and our half-back started to really join in. And um, there's no question that, you know, our forwards' ability to reset and, you know, the speed of Spargo, Neil Bull and Pickett, so they came to the fore. And, um, you know, we got the game certainly in a transition game, which we, we liked. Yeah, and it was just evident in the first half, Brisbane holding that ball up in the front half of their ground, waiting to get all their numbers in before they delivered in. And there was a real focus on Jake Levy. You could see 
trying to hold him down. He only had the four intercepts when he averages around 11 or 12. Did, were you happy with that strategy? There was times where it looked like Hipwood was grabbing a bit and the, they made a real focus. Did, have you watched it and have you happy with the, some of the strategies that were used? Yeah, look, we knew that was going to take place. You know, that you know they're going to put a lot of time to some of their key defenders. But we also know that Brisbane like to play that way. They like to hold the ball up and, and get those deeper entries and really make your tools accountable and, and make it an aerial battle. So we knew that's what we're up against. And, you know, I thought they executed their game in the first half incredibly well. And um, you know, But I thought our boys also responded. So, um, yeah, they're going to put some time into guys like Jake and, and Steve and the like. So um, we've just got to make sure we can adapt and be ready to go. Just coaching from the band room, just intriguing. I think everyone is. We've got two coaches, you know, really both really good teams, obviously top four teams coaching from the band room. What, what, what is that? What's the difference? Is it just take more trust to, to back in your assistance up in the box to give you the information? Why does that work for you and, and Melbourne? Yeah, look, I think it's really, you know, I've got a lot of trust in the coaches. We've got obviously got some experienced guys in Adam Uze, Troy Chaplin, Greg Stafford, you know, and, and Alan Richardson that sit up in the box. And we're really clear on the method of how we want to play. Um, and I guess for the reason for me being down on the bench is, is pretty simple for me. I want to make sure that I'm close to the players. I can you know, have influence over what transitions from the box to the ground. And obviously with not much crowd at the moment, it certainly helps. But just being there to give the players energy, communicate in a way that's positive to keep them in a moment where they can reset and, and deliver on field. And um, I think it's one thing having the knowledge in the box, but it's how it translates on the field is as important. And um, I've got enormous trust in the coaches upstairs to, to look at the game and, and see the right changes that need to be made. So it's not for just, you know, calming Choco Williams down <laughs> on, on the bench. It's not... <laughs> <laughs> nah, he provides a good bit of energy, Choco. <laughs> is any good stories um, from yeah, last night? Great strength is building belief. What was that? Any good stories from last night? <laughs> oh, no, no, he's... Uh, He's, he's pretty calm now. He certainly talks money to our players and gets them in a, in a great state of belief and understanding around what's required. And um, you know, you've obviously worked with him. Where he's uh, he provides a real passion and energy to a group, and, and that permeates through the whole building. Goody, you speak about speaking to the leaders at half time. I would assume that's probably five to seven of the leaders within the football club. But I want to ask you about Tom McDonald and the feeling you have towards his current form, from where he's been from, both the good and the bad. To what you're seeing on a regular basis now, and the and the confidence you have in him. Yeah, look, Tommy's been a, a terrific story, and obviously a really well documented one. You know, from his journey from the end of last year through to where he sits today, and um, it's one of maturity, it's one of understanding, you know, and, and taking real ownership in your own um, ability. And um, you know, I've got a really strong relationship with Tommy. At the end of the year, it was a really open discussion about where his footy was at, whether it was going to be at our club, whether it was going to be somewhere else. But the work that he put in and the plan that he put together around himself and his ownership towards his own game, um, it's been extraordinary. And um, to come out and deliver what he's doing on such a consistent basis, it, it really has come down to his preparation, the way he trains and um, the mindset that he's in. I heard Clayton Oliver speak post-game last night and he spoke a lot and it sounded like it had come from your messaging. It was about being a really good teammate. And they got they drilled down and said, what does that mean? What's the messaging to the group about being a good teammate and what does that look like on the field from your perspective? Yeah, well, we had some really strong conversations at the, the end of last season around what was going to really help us transition into being the team that we wanted to be. And, and a lot of that revolved around becoming more selfless and, and better teammates and it's the little things the the, the the things that people won't necessarily see, it's the buy into the team defence, it's the, the how we communicate with each other it's the, you know, in a way that gets a response, it's how you receive 
that feedback and communication is, you know, doing a, a block at a stoppage, it's just being able to perform your role and not just be about possession. Um, there's a whole range of different things and little things that are different for different guys in different positions, but the, the fundamental is building an environment and a team ethos that, um, you know, we communicate and act in a way with body language and discipline that would show that we're, we're a team that's together and united and connected. Well, all of those things are absolutely happening at the moment. The other one I'm interested in, Goody, is the forward line. And you're blessed with so many options. Clearly, Ben Brown's not in the team at the moment. Are you liking the dynamic or are you still feeling like you're trying to see what the best formula will be going forward? Yeah, look, it's still a work in progress. There's no no question about that. You know, it's probably the first time for nearly the whole season we've had probably the three same tools that have operated in the forward line together and um, you can just see week by week it's starting to build that cohesion. Um, you know, but we also know that we're very open-minded to, to what that personnel looks like and also what that method looks like. You know, early in the season, it was two tall forwards uh, with Jackson and McDonald, and you know, we've added a third you know, with Ben Brown and then in came Wiedemann as well. So um, we're still working what that best mix looks like, but at the moment, we're starting to build that cohesion and an understanding of, of how we want to enter the ball inside 50. Uh, Simon, Sam Edmund here. Thanks for your time this afternoon. We speak a lot about the stars in the team, obviously the established players. But I want to ask you about a couple of uh, your younger guys. James Jordan, I think he had 13 touches in the second half last night. And even Tom Sparrow, I suppose it shows if you get to train and live alongside good players, you get better quicker, which which Melbourne wouldn't have had for some time. Yeah, I think they're, they're great examples of your development program. And um, where we've been as a footy club, I think, you know, back, you know, five years ago, if we had a you know, top draft pick or even our first three draft picks, we'd generally get games without really having to prove themselves and develop at VFL level. They'd just come in and play AFL footy. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it can build some habits that aren't necessarily going to stand up. And what James Jordan and, and Tom Sparrow have done is they've spent two years of playing VFL footy. They've got some great habits uh, with no pressure of having to come in and play AFL footy. And what they've been able to do now is step in with the habits, the role execution and a bit of the mastery to come in and, and perform roles. And I thought last night, you know, James Jordan, you know, took over the role from Ed Langdon on the wing and performed you know, to a really, really high level. You know, it's not his natural position, but, you know, performed it to a high level. And Thomas Sparrow, who's been in the VFL for the last five weeks, um, had just been knocking the door down, playing some outstanding footy, just came in. I thought he had enormous impact when he was in the midfield in the second half. And just on the other end of the age spectrum, if you like, Jake Melksham's been around for a long time, of course. Did you give him a job after half-time? He would have been one of your other statesmen. I assume you would have put some heat on in the second half. Yeah, look, he's performed a number of little roles throughout for us, you know, for for a number of weeks now, just you know, at certain times in games. But you know, last night wasn't that that time. But he, um, you know, he's slowly working his way into form. You know, I thought last night was a little bit quieter, but the, the weeks before that, he was starting to build his game in the right direction. Is there any way back for Nathan Jones, Simon? Absolutely, there is, Jared. You know, as I said to to Nathan, we're just going to continue to to pick our best team and. Um, Nathan's challenge is to continue to, to rock up the training to improve and get better and um, you know, we're pretty fortunate at the moment we're relatively healthy outside of Ed Langdon and, um, and Jack Viney um, but Nathan's you know he's been a man of his word he's put in a great summer he's working really hard you know had a little minor hamstring um, a couple of weeks ago but he's back to full fitness now and I'm sure he'll press his claims he's a pretty competitive guy Nathan. And your scenario, Simon, over the past couple of years when you weren't the team that you aspired to be, you, you never shirked responsibility. You, you fronted up in the worst moments when, when it didn't happen for you. What is, the, is there a difference this year between coaching a side that 
is not what you're hoping it would be and one that, that seems to be meeting the markers that you've planned for for a long time? Yeah, I think, you know, when you're, when you're coaching, you certainly look at, obviously, short term, but you're also looking at longer term about, you know, how your team's developing and where you want it to get to and what are the characteristics you want it to look like. And, um, you know, after 18 of having some success, you know, in, in reaching a prelim final, 19, you know, took a lot out of us in terms of where we were from a, from a development phase. And the last two years has really been about, you know, just re-establishing what we want to be and how we want to perform and where we want to get to. And um, as a coach, you look at that journey, you think, you know, we've got the, the ability to get there um, and you just continue on that path. And um, as much as, you know, the, the critics are there on the sh- short-term stuff, um, I'm, I was certainly always looking at the longer-term vision of what our team and club wanted to look like. Are the stresses of the job any fewer when, when the team's going well? Oh, not at all. No, yeah. I think, you know, I think everything's the same. The stress, obviously, when you're losing, but when you're winning, there's expectation. And um, I think there's a level, a lot more excitement, clearly, when you're winning because you want that expectation, you want that pressure, and you want to be a club and a, a team and have people that want to thrive in that environment. So that's the exciting part for us now. We're continuing to put ourselves in that position. And, you know, at the moment, we're learning all the time about how we step up and thrive under those pressure moments. So it's a torturous job, whether you're winning or losing, <laughs> Simon. <laughs> Pretty <Sold it> well. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us on Crunch Time, Simon. All power to you at 11-1. and 1. Good luck for what comes next. Thanks, guys. Thanks. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Thanks for having me.